stutter. Welcome to the Did I Stutter podcast, episode 26. Coming to you live from a basement far, far away in Guantanamo Bay. I don't know why I like to say that, but episode 26. For those of you wondering what happened to 25, I'll get into that later. So that's what I'm gonna do from now. I'm just gonna like have it rhyme. Okay. Well, Maybe that'll make it easier. Thank you for listening. Wherever you listen and how you listen, this is the Did I Stutter podcast. iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, Did I Stutter, Twitter, Did I Stutter, and for our personal handles, I am Sean S H A W N underscore B H A T I A on Twitter. You can at me anytime you want. You can hate me every day if you want. Joined by my lovely co-host, hey, as hey, always, hey, hey, yes. hey, hey. Uh, Jabari. Just call me lovely. Lovely. I did say lovely. I'm a, uh, don't get used to it. No. Yeah. T- take that for what it's worth. You get you, you get one a month. Jabari. J a b a r i underscore Reynolds. If you can't spell Reynolds, then Reynolds is a rat. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, we got a great show for you today. Coming to you from Orange County. Uh, we got into the weather last week on episode 25, and for those of you who are wondering what happened to 25, 25 was recorded. Yeah. Was 25 recorded. had good points. We talked about Chris Paul, Alex Ovechkin, Al Horford. We talked the about the Washington the Redskins series. Uh, Washington Redskins uh, sex scandals. Mm-hmm. Uh, things that we really enjoyed that show, but what happened? Exactly. Jabari accidentally recorded and then deleted episode 25. So, so it's like the phantom episode that happened but never happened. It's it like happened the, for us. It didn't happen for you. So we the apologize. The greatest episode never heard. Oh, I like that. The greatest. You're really into sound effects today, aren't you? <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see how that plays over. Um, we want to get into... To the show today, we're obviously start out with some headlines. Johnny Menzel's making some news. We've got some things coming out of the Preakness, which we don't follow the Preakness that much, but something just to, you know, talk about. We're going to talk about in today's show, PEDU steroids, Robinson Cano, and his trainer. There's some interesting things behind that. Why did I try again? No, not you, him. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> I'm just listening off the stuff, man. Uh, we are going to talk about the NBA tanking, possible solutions... Uh, we'll do a quick recap on what's going on in the NBA and the NHL. If you have two eyes and you watch sports, you can pretty much figure out well, some of these conversations about, get a little redundant at sure, times. Sure, but it's not even about recapping. It's also about recapping what was lost in that greatest episode never heard. We can just know. reference it from now on and people will have to trust that we were awesome. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> but we will also talk about why I feel uh, you know, that, that Boston was going to win. The, yeah, the series. But I also actually did pick Houston. Cleveland, and I I don't think I've ever been that wrong in my life. And I, I picked Houston against Golden State, and, and you right know, now we're was I. we're at a split going into Game sure. Three. So uh, obviously after Game One, I was kind of freaking out about that pick, but then Game Two actually proved numbers wise why I did have Houston. And again, I honestly think that they have to play beyond themselves in order to win that series, all seven game, or to win a seven game series against Golden State, but. I will point out why statistically they won game two and how they can win that series. 
and we'll finish off the uh, episode 26 with an interview-ish. We have an interview-ish with Russell Westbrook. So that'll be... Um, Something to look forward That'll to. be interesting. Yeah. Um, we hope you like it. And... Um, he's been sending us a few emails. He's sent us a few emails. He's kind of stalking us a little yeah, bit. Yeah, kind of stalking so a little we, bit. So. We, we thought we'd oblige and have him on the show today. Finally so. answered him. Yeah, we did finally <laughs> get, get, get sort of a resolution on that, but we'll, we'll see how that plays out a little bit later. Um, so we'll start out the show with uh, Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel is we'll back in the news. Here. He in the headlines. He um, he signs a deal to continue to play quarterback after sitting out the 2017 season to personally get his mind right. Uh, he is now playing in the CFL. He signed a contract with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And it's a good story for anybody that likes the idea of redemption. I mean, you can think of, he can be Johnny Football, he can be Johnny Knucklehead, he can be Johnny Get Your Blank Together, Get Your Life Together. But this is a guy that has gone out of his way to hopefully give himself a chance to continue his football future. I applaud that. Um, we'll see what happens because it's not out of the realm of possibility, as we've all known, players that start in the CFL and then come over to the NFL. Like, there is life. Because as a starting quarterback, he wasn't going to get a shot. But if you give him two, three years in the CFL, he has a chance to possibly audition himself as previous guys like Warren Moon did it. Mm -hmm. Joe Theismann's done it. Um, notably, a guy who was undersized and had to learn how to shift and focus in the pocket was a guy like Doug Flutie. Mm -hmm. So he has those capabilities to be a Doug Flutie Let's just see how it shows up. But for I him, in this the, case, it's great that he's got a chance to try. I think that the difference between those guys, the main difference between those guys and the guys, you know, that you named and Johnny Menzel is the fact that maybe if he had gone that CFL route directly from Texas A&M, right, and then hadn't been so full of himself, so Mr. Flashy money guy with the hands and all kind of stuff, and maybe if he had gone that route, which was obviously not going to happen, um, with how much hype he had coming out of Texas A&M. Yeah, but, but if he had gone that he route, had no... Why would you go to the CFL if exactly you're the Heisman Trophy winner? What I'm saying is, is that, you know, to that point, I don't see him going to the CFL, making a name for himself, and then coming back to to, to the NFL like two or three years later saying, hey, guys, th th this is what I can do, right? So it's like, well, Warren Moon, he had to go to the CFL because there were no teams looking at him. Flutie had to go to the CFL because there's no teams looking at him. So they had to prove themselves there, which what you're saying that Manziel is doing, what I'm saying is that he's doing it, what, six, seven years later than what they did it. So I just don't see him making a NFL, CFL, NFL type transition. I see him doing a... Try again. Yeah, that's Johnny. exactly the sound. Try like, again. No, that's more to you as well. You're asking a guy <laughs> no. to go to... You're asking a guy to go to the CFL, who is a Heisman Trophy winner, a first-round pick, and guaranteed millions of dollars. Now, his antics are his antics, and his personal life is what derailed him out of the NFL. So, this is a great point for him to restart his career, understand what it's like to re-lead a team, whether it's north of the border or in this country, and then allow him to go and pursue his football career going forward. If that means he ends up coming back to the NFL, that's one thing. But to scar a guy for his decisions and trying to rehab himself back into a, a functional athlete, in this case, a quarterback, that's what I was just kind of gaining sure. towards yeah okay so i mean yeah if you want to say hey you know we, we want to like like applaud him for 
you know, him being able to, you know, at least get back into some area to where he's doing something that he loves to do, right? Yes. So he's all this party and rah-rah and stuff like that. But at, at the end of the day, the kid loves to play football. We know that he made mistakes. He knows he made mistakes. So if what you're saying is, hey, it's it's glad to see him getting an opportunity somewhere in some other space, then yeah, I, I, can, I can totally agree with that. Okay. All right, you are sound effect happy today. Um, anyways, All right. Get, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Getting to it. Okay. Getting to it. We we we've now lost three three listeners. Congratulations. <laughs> we'll see you in episode twenty seven. Um. Not, another headline that came out this week was the idea of gambling and legalized gambling, and, and it's now come across. Well, no, we're talking about going to talk about previous. No, okay, fine. I'll talk about yeah, gambling yeah. later. Yeah. Apparently, we'll talk about gambling later. Try again. Okay, Sean, try again. (laughs) All right. We're going to get to the Preakness. The Preakness runs today. Justify would be the odds on favorite at what was it, Statistician Stewart? Oh, by the way, hi, Stewart. Hi, Statistician Stewart. She's back. She's back. And as everyone knows, we we pay her in thank yous Mm -hmm. verbally. We can't afford her rate. (laughs) And hugs. And hugs. And hugs. Um, one to two. So Justify is the overwhelming favorite as they won the Kentucky Derby. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Justify is the Triple Crown is in horse racing the gold standard. Uh, it's the Preakness. It's the Kentucky Derby, then the Preakness and the Belmont. If a horse wins all three, that's called the Triple Crown. Respective sites are Kentucky. The Preakness will be in Baltimore and then in New York for the last leg of it justify one in sloppy conditions obviously this track will be longer the tracks get progressively longer based on each venue mm-hmm. the kentucky derby has that like cachet mm-hmm. and the belmont is the is the finishing piece the preakness obviously in the middle so, justify is owned by bob bafford bob bafford is a renowned real uh, quick owner uh, before we go get, get in and delve into bob, bob 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 bafford so in terms of these races bob 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 bafford bob 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 did I stutter? Yep. <laughs> uh, so, uh, in terms of of uh, winning all three of these races, what's so special about these, and what I kind of just got the last couple years, or the last uh, was it last year that the guy the horse did the triple the, crown? The triple crown. No, yeah. no. Tri- yeah. Triple crown was by bat was a Bob Baffert horse. That was American Pharaoh in 2015. Okay, so in 2015, which hasn't happened, hadn't occurred in what, like no, 30 years? No, it was years? like 30, 40 years before yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so what, what's so amazing, what's so difficult to do about this, everybody thinks, oh, okay, you know, if you win one of the races, you should be able to win the other race. But in horse racing, don't they breed and kind of train horses to run certain lengths, right? So, so in terms of like, Okay, so you might be a really good sprinter. So they're using like human terms. You may be a really good sprinter, Michael Johnson, but you're not that long distance runner like the guy from Africa, right? Wow, that is racist. And that wasn't even me this time. That was you. But Michael Johnson's black. Yeah, but the guy from Africa is black also. So how's that? You went totally Africa. Like you took the entire continent and assumed that everybody's a long distance runner. But we usually win those. Not we. We. You're not. Okay, I'm just All right, saying. I don't even know how to go with this. You are an American-born African-American. Okay. You are not from Africa. Okay. okay. Are you saying that for the listeners or for me? Are I'm saying, saying it for oh, both okay. of everybody. Okay. Everybody in an earshot of 100,000 miles and the Atlantic Ocean. 
Okay. Okay. You're not. Right. <laughs> Dude okay. said Africa. Okay. So now that we've got that established, okay. it's, it's kind of like that in terms of I understand like having we're, long-distance we're, no, no, no. runners, right? I understand what you're saying. A sprinter versus a cross-country. Which is kind of like what, what, what horse, right? Which is how you have to do is, because you have to pace the race. And like, I, and like I alluded to earlier, as you go through this um, from derby to derby, Right, like you yeah. go from Kentucky to the mm-hmm. Preakness yeah. to, to the Belmont. Mm-hmm. The Belmont ends up being the longest track, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Your, your your horse not only has to be able to sprint, it exactly. has to be able to pace itself, do both things, and that goes towards which your is, jockey and how you train your which horse. Which is why it's so rare for a person to do the Triple Crown, right? Because yes. it has to be a horse that can do both things. Yes, right. And in this case, Justify from everything that I've seen ca- casually has the capabilities to run for distance, run for speed. And so we'll see what happens. It could be a fun but this is story. something that, you know, we, we do literally every single year in terms of looking for that triple crown. Everybody, like, you know, focuses on it. And, oh, is this the horse at the horse? Hey, we literally just got it like three years ago. You know, that's that's not bad. And when, when, when it happened, it was pretty special. Yeah, but to get it every couple of years, I think is more fun for the sport itself because horse racing is a very niche sport. People don't tune into a lot of horse racing unless there's a reason to like no one's I mean, gambling is one thing, but tuning in as a casual fan is a different thing. So for a horse to have momentum and a real chance to accomplish this, I think every three to five years is good for the sport. Yeah. Okay. So uh and then last uh, you know, headline one to kind of get into just just very briefly quickly. This whole Hamptons five what you don't the like whole, that? I hate the Hamptons. Like I, I, I hate the pretentiousness of it. I hate the you know. The, I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> All right, I get it. You know, like the the the, the five guys going to. No, know, it's four guys going to court Kevin Durant in the okay. Hamptons, so they became so they, the Hampton five. five. Okay, so it's like nowadays with these millennials and millennial think. Cause not saying all those guys are millennials, but with that. Millennial think. Sorry to offend any millennial listeners. Yeah, we, we have lost more listeners. This is great. <laughs> uh, uh, episode. Where'd you guys go? Episode twenty-six. <laughs> Just caption it. The day we lost the audience. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, getting back to these these, these millennial things. So it's like everything has to be something. So, with the whole banana boat thing that came about a couple years ago, now it's like the banana boat thing. These guys go to court. Kevin Durant. Now it's the Hampton Five, and this whole you know I see the memes with the they're all dressed up and you know paisleys and all kind of argyle sweaters and you know knits and whatever. Anyways, okay. point is that Hampton Five could have been the Oakland Two. That could have been the Oakland Two. The they Oakland literally two. could have asked the janitor to meet Kevin Durant at some chicken joint in Oakland and had him bring like, hey, hey, Kevin, look, man, here was our record last year. I don't know if you saw us in the finals or not, but here's our record. Here's how we did. Here's the players that we have. Here's what we're offering you. Okay. Take it or leave it. Like, do you really think that they needed four guys to take this dude to the Hamptons? Well, some people just need, some people are, 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 are needy. Some people are needy. He was going there anyway. Was he not going there anyway? I know I don't know why you're yelling at me, <laughs> but I'm with you, man. Like I'm I don't think coffee. That's why I, I know you drank too much coffee. Is what happened? You got all speed freaky on me. Like that okay, coffee. What you could do, I get where you're coming from from that angle. It, it was it was probably um, inevitable. It was just a formality, but I think in 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 
we've seen teams court other players, right? Remember, we saw that debacle with uh, Blake Griffin and the t-shirt and all that stuff. And yeah. I, made, I made up some guy named Brian in marketing who came up with that novel idea. And yeah. then, so we've seen people... We've seen the Lakers do, you know, some horrible yeah. pitches. Yeah, they they mispitched Dwight Howard, which was fine because Dwight Howard like really all those I get, body. I understand, but then it's like as soon as OKC lost that series, right? Um, they lost Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant said, "I don't want to play with Russell Westbrook because everybody that plays with this is such a side note. Everybody that plays with Russell Westbrook, and I don't have the numbers on me. I apologize. Their usage rate." goes down like like everything that they do effectively they do better when 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 not playing with him whether it's victor oladipo whether it's uh westbrook i mean sorry durant name any player on the okc roster so for him it was a natural move to go there they had the cap room for it but the but your problem is the the name the hampton five of like courting a guy that already was going to be on the team i mean we have to look at it realistically what his options were maybe san antonio um, they were talking about maybe Houston or whatever, but if you're if you're Kevin Durant, you know what you bring to the table, and you're just looking at the teams that were out there, and what they did that past season, and what Golden State had done the previous two seasons, and really the previous three seasons before that under Mark Jackson, what their projections were. Kevin Durant, if you want to put yourself in the best situation, like you were saying that you wanted to, it's not about money. We all knew where he was going. So what's all this about this? Even getting five, four guys together, going to the Hamptons, it's all a show to me. Uh, ego, it's man. This, it's yeah, all exactly. ego. But saying. I'll tell you what, that house is up for sale. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. stupid idea. All right, it's going to continue to happen. So I guess yeah. you'll just be angry for oh, the next 15 me. to 20 years. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. But that house, though, if you um, are curious, is up for sale. Oh, is it? The, the, the Hamptons house that... He was courted in, Kevin mm-hmm. Durant, yeah. is going for $15 million. Okay, just because we don't have that money, someone does. Maybe LeBron can go buy it and like exercise the demons in there. Yeah, I have exercised <laughs> the demons. Perfect. This All right. house is cleared. Um, All right. So, the, so that's headlines. Sure that's headlines. Guys. And um, let's get into the show. Yeah. Okay. So, beginning of this week, a little notification pops up on my phone. Robinson Cano, formerly of the New York Yankees, now of the Seattle Mariners, popped 80 games for steroids. At first, you think about it, it's like, oh, just another guy who got popped for steroids until you look at the layers of how this is going down. And Jabari and I, on Tuesday, I believe, we kind of sat there and we, we tried to dissect and pick apart what this actually means. So there's a couple things that we can do with this conversation is one, how Robinson Cano is going to benefit from 80 games. And then we have to dive into the guy who trains him in the in the Dominican Republic. That gentleman is essentially the baseball whisperer of the Dominican community. Mm. He has developed six or seven guys. He's, yeah, but Conti was more of a multi facilitator of sport of drug agents victor conti wasn't a trainer guy he wasn't a guy that developed people as you know from low to high sure from like he just provided the substance he provided the substance one guy's 
needed it or wanted it or needed to perform at a better level to obviously get paid. So this guy did the whole kind of like uh, Lance Armstrong provided it, trained. Yeah, everything. yeah. So whoever is giving, I mean, outside of blood doping, it's it's a similar agent. So let's start with Robinson Cano. Mm -hmm. Robinson Cano signed a 10-year deal for, what was it, a uh, two, no, Stuart, can you give me the Robinson Cano contract, please? It's 10 years. He's five years into it. He gets mm. busted for PEDs and steroid use. What he actually got busted for is a masking agent, not steroids, but a masking agent which called- Which is what they normally do. Which is what you do to cover up, yeah. right? And it's called furosemide. Furosemide and more commonly known as Lasix. Doesn't furosemi sound like some like German like Hail Hitler kind of thing? It sounds like a German doctor. Furosemide. Furo I'm going to get my surgery done today by furosemide. Furosemide. <laughs> furosemide. I can't even do a German accent right now because I think I might botch it. But furosemide. Hi <laughs> ha ha ha. Yeah. Okay, so it's a 10-year, $240 million contract. And so there is real, uh, baseball has three ways of how they regulate with steroid use. First time is 80 games. Second time is a, a two year, year uh, one or two year ban. I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm trying to think. I think it's a year. I think it's a one year ban. And then the, the, the third time is three strikes and you're out. It's a lifetime ban. Maybe, you know, maybe second time is two years. So it's, it's I'm mostly it's 80, like, if only we had someone to help years. us check that stat. And <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> She's working on it. Thank you, Stuart. Don't you hear me typing over here furiously? Yeah. Furo Semi. She's our masking agent for things that we don't know. Yeah. All right. So it's beneficial to everybody going forward. So the problem with this is that Robinson Cano's test came up positive in spring training, but baseball baseball has this weird like transitional period. No, that's not the right word. They have this, let's call it for lack of a better term, a patience period where they don't divulge the results until later in the season. Same thing happened with Ryan Braun a couple years ago. He tested positive early for steroids, but then he wins the MVP and then they came back and gave him the positive test. Mm -hmm. So baseball A has to fix that. That's just, it makes no sense to Is me. Is there a reason why they... Why, I think they're they just lazy. Okay. No, I don't know what the real <laughs> reason is, but there is that like grace period, so to speak. Mm. Robinson Cano got hit by a pitch two weeks ago on the wrist, and he's out for three to four months. Okay. He then decided to Which not coincides. appeal his suspension because uh. now his suspension can coincide with his injuries. So essentially, Robinson Cano So in Cano the legal terms, he's is, running it concurrently. He's running him, yes, exactly, concurrently. So there is no issue for him going forward. Okay, so first was 80 games, second is one season, and three is a lifetime ban. So... <coughs> What can we do as fans, as, 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 as people that support these teams, and essentially you are help paying these contracts? What would you like to see done? Because I got some theories about how you can, you're never gonna stop the cheaters over the testers, but there's gotta be a way to deter players from using steroids and keeping our game clean. See, but here's the, here's a, here's the whole thing, is it, <clears throat> The way that they have these rules set up, and can I say that real quick, Stuart, please? Um, the way that they have these quote-unquote penalties set up, it, it, it's almost like it's a, it's a because we, we can't admit, we have to admit that obviously it's better now than 10, 15 years ago when we just, you know, saw that 
you know, rampant disgust of, you know, something happening literally. Well, everyone at that time had already turned their back to the stack that there was steroid use, but no one cared because balls were going out of the park, ratings were going up. Well, but this, this actually, but if you think about it, about like 10 care. years ago, th- this is the point where they're trying to clean it up, where they're saying, like, these guys, like, it's like A Rod is getting popped, and it's not like, oh, okay, it's normal. It's like, hey, you're, you're, getting, you're getting suspended. Um, we all we know what you're doing. We know what you have been doing, and this goes back. Like it, it was, it was a little bit different than it was right now because not a lot of guys are coming up. So you had like A Rod back then. You had Giambi. You had Ryan Braun. You had um, you had a small outrage from the players' union, but essentially, if the players' union, yeah, for some reason that's died down. If the players' so, union's only the only way baseball cleans its steroid use up is if the players' union come out and says. We are going to sign something that says we are not going to handle this. We're not going to put up with it anymore. Sure. And I, and, and kind of going back to the reason why I think that that um, that it's gone down is because of these penalties, because of the, the 80 games, having a full season off and then a lifetime ban. But if you look at it, that's really kind of just saying, hey, we know there's a problem. We want to kind of fix it, but we also kind of want to leave a little bit of like a, a, like a gray area still yeah. for guys to kind of mess up and do this because i think they really wanted to stamp it out right you're talking about first first uh thing but guys are still getting paid though that's the problem is you have to hit them in their pocketbook and that's where the only solution is going to come from because but he got hit in his pocket there's he got half his okay so he gets half his contract voided or but but he's going to get still paid 24 million dollars next year when he comes back or 25 whatever it is what i'm saying is that i think that if they from the beginning on the first um, on, on the on the first incident, if you get popped for two years, so instead of saying, hey, eight a game, screw that, two years, could you imagine having taken two years and you don't get that salary? And then the next one's a lifetime ban, right? Okay. I mean, it's almost like they're they're giving them a, a, a mulligan on the first one. You do. You know, because and then also saying, mistakes do happen. Sometimes tests do can be I don't know, tainted. But we've never seen, they, we've seen them appeal, but we never seen one come back where they're like, oh, okay, he actually There's won the appeal. It was, it was, uh, you know, the, the calibration was off or whatever. Yeah. We've never seen that happen. They obviously appeal it, but we haven't seen the appeal come back in the player's favor. I have more of a, of a solution that is more immediate. Uh, that's fine if you get suspended and you get popped. What I would say is this. The minute you get popped for steroids, why can't you just void the contract? Like that should be an out. So void and then renegotiate. Like, if you have type, to re- stuff? renegotiate, because anybody that's popped for steroids to. will eventually probably have that lowered, right? Like if you're making $24 million a year, you get popped for steroids. You're not telling me that Seattle's front office isn't thinking this guy could get popped again. And now we're investing in a guy in the long term. I'd go back and say, okay, yeah, we'll, sure. we'll go back and now we'll pay you half of what you're worth or half of what we paid you at the front end of your contract because baseball teams tend to pick five to seven to 10 year contracts. Yeah, yeah. These tend up being, you know, lo- you're making a long-term investment. You want to know that the person you're investing in and the product that you're putting on the field is one that's going to be- going to give a return. It's going to get a return. Robinson Cano about, is not giving Cano. a return. Here's the thing about Cano. I haven't, I don't, follow baseball really like that or like you do but i haven't really heard cano like he's what like five years into this contract right yeah he's five i five haven't years heard robinson cano's name mentioned like that like a 10-year 240 million dollar guy as he sh- i've i've heard the guy for the angels um not otani but the um mike trout 
I've heard about Trout. Pujols. I've heard about Pujols. I've heard about the guy over in Washington. I've heard about some some rookies, some nice young prospects. I haven't really heard too much about Cano since he signed that deal. He also plays in Seattle, which for some reason it's a team that just can't acquire enough talent to get over the hump. But he still King should Felix. be able to. No, no, he should. But he's he's also been an all star as a Seattle Mariner. It's just his team's record. It's the same thing as Mike Mike Trout. Mike Trout gets no pub, no love outside of Anaheim because their teams are always almost playoff teams, almost playoff teams. And then you play in a smaller market. I don't care what anybody says. The Angels market is small. But still, Mike Seattle's Trout's market is small. Numbers are there to keep him in a conversation of always being on Sports Center, True. always. You know what I'm saying? I don't hear Cano like that. So, well, not anymore. Point, and and that's why the Yankees had no problem parting ways. Exactly. With him. Yeah. But to your point, yes. If if you if you knew that, hey, um, but see, it all goes back to the Players Association because who doesn't want these guys to fuck? Excuse me. To, 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 <laughs> wow. Uh, who do, who doesn't who doesn't want these guys to, to be off for, for two years? Who doesn't want these guys to lose out on that money? The players' association, which is is well, is of course, judged to or who is their their job is to represent the players. So, with that being said, is that really going to be passed by the players' association? saying, hey, we're going to vote, right? Probably I mean, not. That, that is a logical... But like I said, it's going to come to, down to, to the Players Association to say enough's enough. Course, we're tired of, of our sport being looked at as yeah. tainted. Yeah. But also, you can also do some homework check. And so the second part of this Robinson Cano thing goes deeper. The guy who trained Robinson Cano is cutting me off. <laughs> okay. That was the end music. I feel like we're only 30 minutes in. Okay. Robinson Cano's trainer is a guy named Angel Presenal. Angel Presenal has been known as, like I said before, the Dominican developer whisperer of players. Albert Pujols swears by him. Alex Rodriguez, Mariano Rivera, Bartolo Colon, Jose Rio. Moises Bartolo Alou, Colon was 70, by the way, and still playing. And he just got hit in the stomach with a, with a ball the other day <laughs> well, and laughed it off. Hit in the <laughs> it was great. He's like, that's why I put on the weight. <laughs> I don't think that's what he talks or, about. Well, that's why I never got the weight off. He's always been big-headed. So Angel Presenal is banned from baseball. It's banned from baseball in the United States. A couple years ago, I think in like, well, not a couple years ago, eight years ago, 10 years ago, um, he was caught in a Toronto airport with steroids. When asked, he said, <laughs> he's hurt by steroids. <laughs> this is for Juan Gonzalez. That's not really being a homie, is it, though? Yeah. So, also the reason why Juan Gonzalez probably isn't in the Hall of Fame, if I can just spitball off the top of my head, Juan Gonzalez, I think, career, 400-plus homers, 2,000-plus hits, 295 batting average, but he publicly endorsed him, and he never got busted for steroids. However... Wait, Juan Gonzalez uh, with the Texans? Juan Gonzalez with the Texans... Big Juan Gonzalez, right? Like six yeah, foot six. Yeah, I still Juan Gonzalez. Six, yeah, but he was a big dude. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and he could rake the ball. I feel like yeah. he played for the Rockies for a couple years. I could be wrong. Or Atlanta. Anyways, so what you could do if you're a team. So this guy has been. So the, I guess what I'm getting to is like if you have a history of guys that are being busted for steroid use and this guy seems to be the, the centerpiece behind him. That's why I would say if, you, if you're giving a contract to a guy like Robinson Cano and he does end up getting t testing positive, 
the contract should be voided because there is a history of what this could come out to be. You see what I'm saying? Like, you, you can see the blueprint. Are you talking about, did we, just, did we just go back in time? I thought we already agreed that <laughs> the contracts were going to be voided. And, I, oh, okay. I'm adamant on this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, already agree with you, Sean. It's like, point no. two. No. Wait, wait. Oh, we already agree, Sean. <laughs> so, outside of being banned from baseball, this guy has developed really good players, but all of his players outside of Rivera and maybe Moises Alou have not been... Moises. Moises. And Moises even came out and said that in order for him to get back into baseball, he has to A, change his methods, but he has to apologize and stop giving players because it's a well-known fact that he does push steroids and masking agents into players. Yeah. So there's that for you. Thank you for agreeing with me. <laughs> took me 22 <laughs> minutes to get that point across. It took okay. me actually like the 21 minutes. To 21 minutes? Yeah. Okay. Um, do, do you want to get to next? Uh, uh, NBA? Some NBA ta- tanking? Speaking yeah. of like things that need to be changed? Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of things that need to be changed, the NBA lottery came out on Tuesday. The Phoenix Suns get the number one pick. I guess if you're a Phoenix fan and you're listening in Phoenix, thanks for listening. Marv Albert, thanks to you as well. <laughs> uh, Phoenix stunk this year. And Phoenix stunk relatively on purpose along with the other teams. And so Jabari and I were kind of mosing or mulling around the idea of, I don't think there's a solution to this. Well, we have to but, start coming up but, with But you have to have a conversation it. and ideas of how to stop tanking because I know hashtag trust the process is starting to work positively in Philadelphia, in baseball. The Houston Astros stunk for four years, won the World Series at my team's expense. I'm not angry about it. I'm just not going to talk more further about it. Exactly. (laughs) But you have a... I kind of accept that that could be a reality of things, and I'd like to change it, but you're more adamant on it than I am. Pretty much. I mean, you know, uh, when you're looking at... And for those of you who don't know, tanking means that we're losing games on purpose. Like, if we're in a game towards the last five minutes in the fourth quarter, we may pull out the guys that give us the best chance to win in order to lose because the NBA is based on ping pong balls. You get a higher percentage based on where you finish in the regular season as far as wins and losses. So your product on the floor is stinking uh, on purpose, and you're Correct. doing this to your fans who you know pay whether it's you know 10 bucks or... 110 bucks to go these games so for two three years you're basically not winning as much as you could be winning on purpose like sean said taking out guys um in 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 the fourth quarter late in the game to put yourself in those losing positions to be in those i would say not you know one or two pick every year but hey if you can get in the top five you know we can just go back on the last five years look at the top five draft picks and see where you would be and, and what and what you would have if that was your methodology but my whole thing is is that why are we kind of like uh you know resulting or 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 like depending on like the least common denominator or the least factor to get us to the 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 finish line in terms of that's like the, the the easiest no nonsense way so we're basically praising a c or d student in our class for doing something that you know smart guys are doing automatically so there are teams out there that are doing this the right way they're getting to the finish line the right way they're we're, we're essentially rewarding laziness we're rewarding laziness because some some gms don't have the smarts or the solutions to continue to put a product by 
like Danny Ainge. So why do we even like, like let Danny Ainge has, go has on. done a great job in Boston? I mean, we, we can take a look at, at at Boston in terms of of excellent GMs with drafting, right? Boston is a no brainer. Golden State, um, OKC. If you look at Golden State, all those guys are drafted. Steph. Um, Clay, Draymond, Clay and Draymond. They're, and, they're three and, main guys. And then you drafted. add a piece. And then you add in these 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 ancillary pieces mm -hmm. that are making it work. But they, you know, the, the the fact that they got Iguodala at the amount that they got Iguodala for, the fact that they got a bunch of these guys, those were those were GM moves, right? Um, yes. But then also too, if you look at Golden State's picks in the last couple years as well, not being really high up there because of their record's been so good, but they are still getting guys in that lower round, first round, uh, second round that are contributing. So again, you have Golden State, OKC, Westbrook. Um, but you've also got GMs in place that obviously understand what it's like to acquire draft picks and your scouting department that has talent. Some people just don't see it. And so their, their only solution is tanking because that gives us more ping pong balls as opposed to the teams that have savvy and smart GMs. Sam Presti in Oakland in, in Oklahoma City. Um, Daryl Morey in Houston. I just don't understand like these, the, and Houston's a great point too. I just don't understand these, the owners of these teams saying, you know, hey, uh, what is the best idea you can come up with in order to make our team better? What, what, what is your solution? Um, are we going to draft some guys? Are we going to bring in some guys, make some trades? Are we going to try to lower the salary cap? No, we're just going to lose for about like three years. And then that, you know what I'm saying? Like, Let's see what I, happens. I yeah. See, or, or even like the owner having that idea and then going to the GM with it, because it, it could be, you know, that, that, yeah. that. No, some things come from, from, from a top. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, so the owner is just kind of saying, Hey, so, I mean, if it comes from the owner, I can kind of understand a little bit more versus a GM just not having any imagination whatsoever to be able to put a product out on the floor that we can see there are plenty of other teams that do it yeah. on a day in and day out basis. Well, my old solution behind how to prevent tanking is like an NCAA tournament towards like the end of the year. If you are in that lottery pick and the lottery picks are the top 13 or 14? 14. 14. Top 14 teams are in quote unquote a lottery. They get ping pong balls. And then based on the percentage of team of, of what they've lost, they get an opportunity to pick at one, two, three, four, all the way to 14. My whole thing is if you're in that, it shouldn't be about the lottery. This should be like an NCAA tournament style. And I'm actually picking back off this idea off of uh, um, John Ireland, who's one of the co-hosts of 710 ESPN here in the Los Angeles area. If we don't, we could have an NCAA style and the teams that win and win that little small tournament and you can run that concurrent with the NBA playoffs because the NBA playoffs, you know, they have days off. So on days off, you can just have that game playing and it means something. And if it means something, the team that wins that tournament and where you figure is where you get to draft. So if you win this little like end of the season pool, you pick one. If you finish second, you finish two and three, four and five and all the way down. It's just a way of teams having to be held responsible and accountable for their seasons and seasons moving forward in their draft picks. You went full retard, man. Fine, give me something Never better. go full retard. <laughs> Fine, give me something just, better, okay? Give me something I'm better. i saying that, yeah, that... Fine, steer me... Suggesting teams right, play extra games. Steer, steer me on course, Magellan, okay? You went full retard, man. <laughs> 
Okay, anyways, so... <laughs> That's fine. I, I At least I tried. Yeah, you, you definitely did try. Um, what, what I think would, would be a good idea, I think you have to give teams some type of incentive, even if the incentive isn't an immediate incentive, because if you think about it, what these teams are, are doing aren't for an immediate benefit anyway, because they're basically tanking now to get draft picks for the future to say, hey, we, we can accumulate enough to be good like in three years from now, right? So for example, um, get, get, give them reasons to play better in order to have incentives for the future. So for example, um, if, if you like have like this arbitrary number, like 27 wins, 28 wins, 30 wins, 30 wins, something like that, get to this, this amount of wins, then we'll grant you one or two mid-level exceptions for next season or for whenever you, you choose to do it. Or, hey, get this amount of wins and we'll, we'll grant you um, a break on the luxury tax um, in terms of what you would pay if, if you go over versus what you're going to be paying now because we're going to give you this break on it, right? So again, it, it sets them up for the future because these teams aren't going to perpetually be bad forever. They they know that, hey, in the future, I might need to sign, you know, let's say a LeBron James or a Steph Curry or somebody. LeBron that James might, is not a mid-level exception. But what player. I'm saying is that might put me over the, the uh, luxury tax. Okay. If it puts me over the, 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 the luxury tax, then I can use this exception that I was given three years ago because I won 27 games where I'm not paying twice as much for it. So it'll make sense. That contract will make sense at that time, right? Okay. But basically, because what you pointed out was saying, hey, some of these teams try to win, right? Like, it's not like they're not trying to win. They try to win. They, they just don't just, have the talent in order to play with other teams. And they suck. And it's like, <laughs> they, they just suck. So like, it's like the Lakers, like I would say that the Lakers have been trying to win for the last three seasons they haven't been tanking i would say that but sean says differently anyways i do um but they've managed ways to to come up with you know 25 wins 27 wins i feel that they're at least trying right so if you at least give them that incentive to say hey get to this many wins i think you'll have a lot fewer teams tanking you're not going to get rid of it all the way but you'll have fewer teams tanking if you give them an incentive and a, and a number of wins to get okay, to the season. Okay, so, I mean, there is no solution to this right now, but that was nice. I'll play you the more you know, the more information you have sound. Okay. Okay. Um, so there is really no solution to what this is, but at least the idea of having ideas of how to change tanking in the NBA, because if you're going to pay for the concessions, can pay for the tickets and support, you know, you want some sort of resolution. So maybe there's something there for you. Um, so also when I when we started the show we got to and we're and we'll touch quickly and hopefully shortly on this because we are up against the clock so to speak. Um, gambling, gambling is now legal in in the Supreme Court came out six to three and said that gambling is a state by state um, a, a state by state legislative issue like if you want gambling in your state you can gamble on sports now if not then you have the right to, to reserve to not to so is it a big deal or not a big deal i was thinking about it and i don't think it's a big deal because if you're going to gamble you're already going to gamble and if you're not going to gamble you're not going to gamble it's the same thing with like marijuana if you're going to smoke you're going to smoke if you're not going to smoke and it's not for you then you're not going to smoke you know, it's like it's like we're 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 finally catching. Wow, that was a big stutter. Did I stutter? <laughs> Holy God, that was good. 
we're getting to the point now where we're kind of catching the same terms and regulations of how Europe does it. Europe's good at three things. They're they're good at regulating gambling, prostitution, and marijuana. Mm. By just making everything legal. By making everything legal, and then here we go. How can we put you in position where we can make money off this stuff? Sure. So basically what, what you were saying is that the, the biggest difference, because I didn't quite like understand it fully, but the biggest difference is having each state be able to do their own thing is that now, if I wanted to, I can say, you know, hey, uh, part of my Sunday to-do to list is to go to Home Depot, um, you know, maybe Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know if be enough time, but yeah. Uh, I don't know if there be enough time. And then stop by the local uh, gambling store that's right next to Vaughn's, place a couple or bets. Or Whole Foods. Or Whole Foods. Yeah, place a couple bets, go in there and get some groceries and then go home. So yeah. basically, And then I'll put 40 bucks on tonight's game and I'll come home and the only thing that could go wrong is if I lose, <laughs> my wife, my girlfriend... My kid's college fund is gone. <laughs> but that's up to you, self-regulation. Sure. So so that will be the difference. And then obviously, you won't have to pay all those fees that the online... No, like, the only people that get screwed in this are drug dealers and, and, and bookies. Because now you've got a place where you can go walk in, place your bet, walk out. Mm. And so, I mean, there's going to be a place for drug dealers and bookies. Because, you know, even like, I think, what, 30 states have agreed to... Uh, license marijuana to, yeah. a, to 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 a certain amount of yeah, yeah. what you can have on you right mm. okay california being one where, where you're from in alabama is still a state that doesn't see that right yeah so it's going to be so they're going to be bookies they're going to be drug dealers they're going to be prostitution or whatever you want to call it but in this sense it's being regulated and so it's just a matter of now it'll be on your daily commute home, like you said. Yeah. I had to go to McDonald's because I want a McFlurry because I had some marijuana. <laughs> I need to go gamble. Yeah. I need to go to Vons yeah. or whatever grocery store. And I need to make sure I don't lose my kid's college fund in gotcha. the process. So, and then your wife's like, like, hey, honey, I'm going to the store. You need something? Every time you go to the store, we can't make the mortgage payment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the store. <laughs> and now Wait, your wife's every a gambling time you addict. Go to the store, yeah. You come back with the Louis Vuitton bag. Yeah, yeah. Every every time you go to the store, I I lose. Every time I go to the store, I lose. So maybe we should just stop going to the store altogether. All right. Um. So we uh like we said earlier, we've had some requests from uh, Russell Westbrook to be on the show. Oh wait, uh, real quick before we get into Russell oh, Westbrook, okay. uh, nice little segue. Uh, playoff predictions. Anyways, so getting back to what we were saying in the greatest episode never heard. Um. Cleveland, excuse me, uh, Boston is going to win this series because of team, because of how they play defense, and because uh, nobody's going to be there to help LeBron, like we've mentioned several times. He's got to play hero ball. And if yes. you don't know what a hero ball is, it means doing everything because you have absolutely no belief in the rest of your you team. You have absolutely no J.R. Smith, uh, except for, again, about one out of five games. But he can push someone. Kevin Love, he's definitely, um, you know, he he's that, that second player. But again, when you have, you know, six to six on two, you're, you're not going to win that battle. Right. Um, obviously, well, six on two, like Boston has even like their guy that's coming off the bench. Oh, I they think like Smart's the coming off the bench. Like the ref. <laughs> and that'll be one thing for gambling as well is our guys in the G League, in the Gatorade League or in minor leagues. Are they going to be the ones that end up being corrupted by sports gambling? Guys that, that are in the majors make their money, but it's going to be interesting to see those layers umpires things like that just a side note so um 
So getting back to in terms of like Boston and Cleveland, I predicted this from the very beginning. I would say probably six games at the most you're going to see Cleveland come out today and beat them because Boston doesn't really play good. I think Boston's only won two games this post. Actually, no, Boston's won one game on the road this postseason. And like I was saying earlier, uh, the it's really hard for rookies and for young players to go on the road, especially in the playoffs. So you'll probably see them lose game three. I see them playing really hard in game four, uh, but most like may, maybe losing that one too. But anyways, point is Boston in, in seven. I predict that from the very beginning. Got a bet going on with my coworker. And again, that's on the episode that I never heard. And in terms of Houston and Golden State, uh, I had Houston uh, beating Golden State, which in the very beginning on, on game one, I was kind of worried about that pick. The reason why I picked Houston is because uh, Houston shoots more threes, uh, takes more threes and makes more threes than Golden State. So they basically try to beat them at their own game. That's number one. Number two, uh, Golden State is one of the worst in the league at defending the three pointer. So when you couple you know your 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 team is is making more threes and they're defending you on the three a lot better. Um, that's and where and and what they're also doing is they're isolating and making Steph Curry play defense, and he's not a very good defender as like Clay Thompson is. Well, he he's pretty feisty in there. He's pretty feisty. He's with, feisty, with, but he doesn't shift laterally like a lot of other guys do. Sure, but then when you're talking about playing. And he's ISO. coming off injury. Sure. When you talk about playing ISO in Houston, it's a little bit different because it's kind of like ISO breakdown to kick out. So what they were, what they did in game one while they lost it, it was just ISO with no kick out. So they weren't kicking it out to PJ. They weren't kicking it out to Trevor Ariza. They were just staying um, in, in, in ISO. And that's why, why they weren't getting it done. So um, again, if you look at how many three-pointers were made in game one, uh, excuse me, in, in game two, uh, Houston... Uh, took I, I believe ten more three. I know uh, Houston took ten more three pointers than, than Golden State, but they made seven more. So they okay. played. So they they played the three on Golden State very well, and they made seven more threes than Golden State made. So the reason being, what's seven times three? Twenty one points. How many points did Golden State lose by? Twenty two. So the fact is, is that that's in this series. After every single game, look at the three-point stats. If Houston, if Houston is ahead in that stat, you're gonna see them most likely win that game. If Golden State is ahead in that stat, that you know. But and again, look at the um, look at the box score. Look at the box score, and it's gonna come down to who shot the three better. All right, congratulations. You're still gonna be. Wrong. I, I say it's gonna be Golden State. They got the split. They got what they want. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So. And our interview. Russell All right, so Westbrook. now let's talk. And we love to have Russell Wellsbrook on the show. We uh, are super excited to have our first NBA professional on the show. Yeah, we've had you know a, a comedian. We've had we've some had comedians. We've had uh, a, a, fitness a model, fitness and well and and and, and uh, life coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Celine. Yes, yeah, Celine, Celine yeah. in Argentina, wherever you are. Hi. Um, so, okay, without further ado, we've got R Russell Westbrook of the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, MVP, triple-double machine. Yeah. Uh, so, Russell, so first of all, thanks for joining us. You averaged a triple-double for the second season in a row, but you were knocked out of the playoffs in the first round, even though adding Paul George and Melo. Uh, so, how do you rate this season? 
Next question. Okay. <laughs> um, it's kind of rude. A little bit. Okay. Um, how the season ended, do you want Paul George back? Next question. <laughs> All right. Moving right along. Melo said he will not come off the bench uh, in a recent interview. Not sure if you saw that or not, but uh, with his skills diminishing, do you think he should take a lesser role? No more questions for you, bro. Uh, actually, Russ... Uh, Jabari asked that last question I asked the previous two. Who are you referring to that shouldn't take any more questions on? I don't know. I don't know. What's your problem? Uh, actually, Russ, we don't have a problem. We're just trying to conduct an interview. An interview you actually emailed Statistician Stewart about several times and in several different ways, uh, by the way. Next question. And that wasn't a question, but moving along. I'm sure you saw the uh, speculations by Chris Broussard. As you at the centerpiece mentioned, uh, going to the Spurs. What do you think about playing with LaMarcus Aldridge? <laughs> I ain't no Spurs fan. What type of question is that? Uh, I don't know. A normal question? Okay. I don't know. You want to throw in a couple of nouns, maybe a verb, and then a uh, question mark at the end? You did a good job executing tonight. Thanks, Russ. Not as difficult as we thought. Somewhere between Marshawn Lynch and Bob Knight. Anyways, here's a good one for you. LeBron or Jordan? Jordan, obviously. Why? Obviously. Next question. I'm just saying, I'm just asking why you have that opinion. Next question. Um, okay. Next question. But Russ. Next question. <laughs> okay. This interview seems to get back where it started. I love Nick, but I don't like you. Who's well, Nick? <laughs> Nick Collison? I, 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 I know. Show you're on I, right now? I know. We all know you love uh, Nick Collison. We saw what you did for him as his retirement. <laughs> Next question. Okay, we don't either, man. Just trying to do our job. Uh... What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? All right, um, and, um... <laughs> Did we lose him? Uh, okay, and... All right, and, um, that was, that was uh... Russell Westbrook. <laughs> now, note to self, let's block Russell Westbrook on all emails. And social media, um, that was nice. We, we we appreciate you at least trying to give us an interview. Well, I mean, you know, he, he probably is pretty, you know, kind of still kind of upset at this point. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. Let's see if this episode actually comes to life. Uh, Let's see if this one actually makes it up. Um, if you hit delete on this episode, you're fired. <laughs> fired. All right, there is our absolute. There's our exit music, which means we hope you like the show. And however, and where you listen, for how long you listen, we can't thank you enough. Obviously, if you have things and topics you'd like us to dive into, uh, next week we'll we might hit some of the topics at episode 26, the greatest episode ever. Next question. Thanks, Russ. Russ is back. Russ is back. <laughs> uh, for Jabari, for Statistician Stewart, we will get back with you next week. And we are out. Peace. I love Nick, but I don't like you.